Hey everybody, welcome to the Masterful Collaborations podcast, brought to you by GMCC in partnership, of course, with the many people and organizations that help bring forth an equitable structure for collaboration and power sharing in areas of food, youth, and well-being. Today's episode features a masterful technical collaboration of sorts, serving GMCC's focus on youth. The Genius Labs at GMCC Digital Cafe is an out-of-school studio learning experience that focuses on the development of digital technology skills through hands-on activities that foster creativity, independence, creative thinking, and self-awareness. So kind of both high-tech and high-touch. We are very lucky today to have four of the Genius Lab founders and big thinkers with us here today to share the, uh, the kind of the genesis of the idea, the development of the initiative, and most importantly, the holistic impact it is poised to be making here on our youth. And I would imagine even the families of those youth that it serves. So, hey, please help me welcome uh, our distinguished panel here. Uh, for those that uh, obviously the power of, uh, power of podcasting, you're not able to see the visual, but I'm, 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 at, a, I'm at a bit of a Senate hearing here. I've got our four guests lined up uh, right across from me here. So uh, putting them on the hot seat here to talk about all the great work that they're doing. So we've got Dr. Jeremy Wong, uh, Siobhan L. Johnson, uh, Jamil Stamsher lott and Reynolds Anthony Harris. Hey guys, welcome uh, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. It's, it's it's great to have all of you here and I just can't wait to 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 get into this and uh, and we're going to go through the whole you know where this initiative came from and the inspiration and all the great work but we're going to start and I'm going to put Dr. Wong here. Jeremy, I got to put you on the spot here cuz I want to talk about the name of this thing, okay? And because I am a firm believer that that the name we give things shapes our attitude towards it and genius labs is when i when reynolds anthony was first telling me about this initiative i'm like okay i gotta know more about this because when we're dealing with young people and i just think the name itself is so affirming and inspiring and so so i, I realize we're, we're talking we're going to start here a little bit of a a tail on the dog here but i just we got to talk about that first so tell me a little bit about about how you how you conceive literally the name genius labs yeah um well i'm not going to claim to have been the uh the originator of the name i think that that came from uh from from reynolds anthony here um but um but it was really the driving force behind our entire experience for students from the day that they came in, we wanted them to feel affirmed, like you said, mm -hmm. with, with that name, um, that they were geniuses. And that took a little convincing and, and it took a little bit of time for them to, to come around to say, oh yeah, I am a genius. Um, but, but it really was, was the driving theme for our entire experience for students. And, and that's what we want to continue to um, to have them develop as they as they go through the, the program. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, let's let's talk about. It. So, Reynolds, uh, I guess I'm not surprised that that the name came from you as well. So let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's dial it back then. How did well, how did uh, well, then, well? Actually, I don't claim the name because uh -huh. um, the name came from a young man uh, that every day passed our offices at Dexa Position, uh, walking up the street, and uh, many days he'd have a T-shirt on. And on the T-shirt, it just simply said genius. Huh? And um, I sort of hit myself sometimes that I never really went outside and said, hey, uh, that's a cool T-shirt. Um, but I just observed him for a whole summer. 
And he was walked down the street very proud and had this T-shirt on, genius. And then one day, he actually had a T-shirt of a different color with genius. <laughs> so <clears throat> I said, that's such a statement. Yeah. And so that stayed with me. That's cool. And um, frankly, uh, as I thought about what to call this, I said, um, yeah, let's acknowledge the genius or the potential for genius in every child. Yeah, So that's cool. So, so, so let's, let's go back then, even before you came up with a name for it. Where, what were you seeing, you know, as, as we've had you on other shows? Sure. You know, you, you're very connected. You've, you've been in this community for a long time, and a lot of communities for a long time. So you've seen a lot of, a lot of opportunities. Um, you've created a lot of opportunities. What was it about this that, that you felt was uh, I, in particular? I think here? Jeremy said it well. Uh, it's it, it sort of a way to sort of frame an approach learning and um, what I acknowledge is uh, a long history uh, in business and also education but on the educational side going all the way back to Piaget and the folks that studied with in Michigan on uh, learning from birth to death really um, but the whole notion of laboratory learning where you receive the child sort of like a Montessori structure mm -hmm where you really sort of meet the child where they are, mm -hmm. and it's your job to help them discover their genius and draw out mm -hmm. uh, the, the lessons. Uh, I acknowledge that some parts of the United States have applied that theory, uh, but typically it's mainly private schools. So those of us that can afford to send our children to private, even private Catholic schools have applied these theories in learning. Um, I, uh, but in the public sector, uh, not so much, hmm. uh, particularly around theories of multiple intelligence. And so if you're really interested in helping kids, all kids learn, but particularly looking at ways in which kids of color can learn, you, you really have to be good at uh, understanding where they're coming from mm -hmm. and their kinesthetic, which is the opposite of sitting on a desk all day. So, or doing worksheets. If I see another worksheet, I'm going to throw up. I don't know what that was, or who invented that? But they need to, you need to put that away because it's just you know you're staring at a piece of paper. So you wonder, wonder why some kids are bouncing off the walls after a couple of hours of being stuck at a desk. Yeah, got to keep it moving. So, Siobhan, when you were approached, and I'd love to hear kind of the story of how you were kind of <laughs> dragooned into this uh, great, great work here. But when you heard about this approach, this, this idea, this because this, it's what strikes me as well, this kind of holistic approach to to um, not just, you know, teaching kids how to code or teaching kids how to, you know, but really thinking about everything from the mental to the physical to the to the, you know, technical. When you were, when you, you know, because you spent your career in curriculum, when you heard this, were you like, okay, finally? Uh, no, or, okay. honestly, so um, just having been an educator now for 17 years, um, a professor for 12 years, um, being driven by the lack of opportunity for students um, in Minnesota, particularly our students of color, our African-American students, our American Indian students, and believing in my heart sincerely that they're brilliant and knowing that it's not that they're not achieving it's that there's an opportunity that that's not there yeah. and so I've always in the spaces that I've been um, allowed to teach have always had a pedagogy that understood that 50 percent of the brilliance if not more lies within our students and 
Um, they're not empty vessels waiting for us to deposit. They're actually full of things and full of brilliance and they just need us to pull it out. Yeah. And even to make reference back to um, um, Reynolds' comment about these worksheets, it actually, unfortunately, I have literally seen students have their brilliance dimmed mm -hmm. by the lack of rigor or the lack of exploration that our curriculum oftentimes offers them. Mm -hmm. So when Reynolds approached me just with the conversation we were like we knew each other from a very different um situation i um i work as a barista sometimes mm -hmm. and people don't know that i am in education and reynolds is like she served me a real nice drink <laughs> <laughs> and and he was chatting about education in the barbershop and he's like you've been an educator and so really not knowing my background and so really truly his concept fell in alignment yeah. with my journey in education um, and the work that I've committed myself to. So it was like a no-brainer. Yeah, um, that's so great. With some cool synergy. Yeah, and and Jumil, I know you've got you bring a lot to this to this table, um, but Thank one you. of the areas is is um, uh, is around kind of mental health and wellness, and and so so is that something too? When you were introduced to this little alchemy of of kind of goodness that where, where you felt like okay I mean not and I feel like over the last few years we've gotten as a, as a society a lot more on purpose about addressing issues and, and, and making sure young people and old people are are, 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 are you know attending to their mental kind of health and wellness but was that something that also struck you as rather unique about this about this model this design yes and no I, historically uh, yes, um, currently no. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a great demand on the mental health needs and well-being of those that we're finally coming to see and, and honor. Mm -hmm. uh, so, in that sense, no. Uh, you know, Reynolds Anthony's acting as Steve Jobs, the orchestrator. <laughs> I mean, he could probably do what I'm doing, but he's like, no, I, I'm going to do it all. And I'm bringing the greatest minds together, if you will. Uh, and so. You know, as we were exploring the geniuses, I, it, it first hit me when he presented it to me um, in, in my journey of decolonizing my mind, my body, and my environment to be conditioned to think that I'm not valuable, that I'm not a genius. Mm -hmm. That's been my constant journey. That's why I've gotten into education mm -hmm. because I've been able to go through, you know, middle school, high school, college, graduate school, and every single time I was dealing with not just imposter syndrome, but racialized imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. I was believing despite all the successes that I couldn't do it and I wasn't worthy. Mm -hmm. And it's only been the last few years of my life that I'm starting to rewrite my narrative and looking at that, actually look at all the brilliant things you did, especially given the context of your environment without a dad, mom raising three kids mm -hmm. and an environment that's not conducive to being uh, engaged and productive and creative in a school environment and other environments. Yeah. I just got a call recently uh, from a reporter at uh, Women's Health Magazine and she's doing a story on missing white women syndrome. Um, and essentially mm -hmm. the stories that often get told when white women go missing and there's a great deal of folks of color and other marginalized groups that don't get their story told. Um, and so she's her question is, you know, what's happening to those families? How are they affected mentally? Um, and so on and what should they do? And that is one element of like the conditioning for us to believe that we're not valuable. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. You deal with the anguish. You start to believe, am I crazy? <laughs> yeah. Why did they tell my child's? Why did they tell my child's story? 
uh, why am I not being featured? And it just contributes to I'm not worthy. And so that's just one, like I said, one element. And so the genius piece is critical. It's important because we have to overdo the socialization that you are worthy. We have to reinforce that. And and it seems as if this project has a particular focus on those marginalized groups, students of color that are getting the alternative message to to their genius. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's profound. And I do think a lot of times we, 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 we don't we don't recognize that not being recognized is is often can be um, more hurtful than being recognized in the wrong way. You know, in terms of like bullying or whatever, which is horrible. I mean, it's all horrible. But but that marginalization, that almost like you're not even worth noticing. You know what I mean? Can yeah. really make an impact. But nine neglect is just as worse as direct assault. Yeah. No, I think that's yeah. well said. Well said, yeah. Jeremy. I'm going to put you on the spot um, because you are you are a. Um, in fact, we are here, listeners uh, or listener. Uh, we're here at Jeremy's school. We're sitting in the library, and so your your classroom is just a couple doors down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot to talk about the the logistics of the Genius Lab. So, and as an, and, and and speak to it as an educator. Mm-hmm. So, because this is an this is an out of class program, mm-hmm. which I would which I'd have to guess is a is a great it's, it's kind of like fluoride to your toothpaste. It's like, oh my gosh, this is great. My, my, my students are getting this additional kind of fortification and then they're coming back to school on Monday morning and they're just like all hopped up on all this kind of stuff. But talk a little bit about just how it works. Well, yeah, we, we really had a blank slate to work with when we started this program because it didn't exist. So we are, we're not bound by the, um, you know, by the logistics of school. Mm-hmm. Um, Having it in the summer, um, having it on our own time, on our own timeline, um, being able to break up the day how we wanted to, um, allowed us to to really be creative with how we how we structured things. We didn't we didn't necessarily want it to to feel like school. We we wanted it to feel like a um, like a like a camp or I, I don't even know what you know a lab situation where. Students could come in and, and they would learn and they would be creative and they would build and, and make and um, and that is a, that's a really refreshing thing to be able to to do as a, as an educator you don't always get that opportunity um, you try to do it within the confines of school mm-hmm. um, but here we had a blank slate to really to really build something from the ground up and um, and and it really started around that that idea of genius and and that genius is not a uh a one-dimensional thing that genius comes in many flavors and um and and we you know as siobhan and i developed the program i think as we developed the ideas uh in the program itself we found new mm-hmm. new aspects of genius mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. didn't know about before. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. discovered geniuses that we hadn't thought of before. Cool. So it was a real learning experience for, for me. Um, I see Siobhan's nodding her head as well um, to, to be able to just explore that idea and then also bring students along on that journey. Yeah. So that that was a really really wonderful thing and and the size of the group that we had um we had uh was it 12 12 students 12 students mm-hmm. and and that size just really it's a 
it's a it's a human size for yeah. a classroom mm-hmm. when kids are you know coming coming in from <laughs> public schools or, or wherever that you know it's going to be 25 plus students in a classroom so um, so we got to really know the students well um, but you know going back to the logistics of it it you know students would arrive we uh, we would have some activities for them to do in the morning um, whether it was playing some games or or just uh, you know just drawing or um, they could they, basically choice time when they when they arrived yeah. uh, but then we did we started the day off with uh, with community building and mm-hmm. um, and really getting to know one another um, building trust with students building trust amongst students uh, and then and then we kind of launched from there into into various activities that um, yeah. that just reflected genius that, that, that helped us learn genius and, yeah. and, and um, help students learn their own genius. Has there been any um, continued um, connection with the, Absolutely. With the students throughout the Absolutely. Okay. And I just to tap into what Dr. Wong said, welcome is big for us. Mm-hmm. And especially when you talk about um, communities of color or marginalized groups in traditional organizations, I see you is really important. So mm-hmm. when our students come into the building, they're greeted. Welcome. Mm-hmm. We see you. Um, how are you doing today? What's going on? Um, and so that's really huge. And I think it's a very simplistic thing, but it needs to be amplified because mm-hmm. being seen is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, but we uh, continued because during this time, we saw some amazing students that it's like they're going to need us to continue to walk with them. So there was a, a, a very serendipitous thing with one of our students. I'd actually taught her aunt in high school. And she has some serious aspirations to go to a local private school here in the Twin Cities. And she's in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And she has every right to be there. So I've been journeying with her to try to figure that out so we can position her to get that opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's there's a a couple students who are going to continue on in the fall. Um, with the Genius Lab running 10 weeks. And so, you know, you plant those seeds with the students in hopes that you're going to see them again. Um, And so if we all keep doing the good work, we will see each other again. So going a step further, uh, there was a couple parents during the final celebratory day Mm -hmm. where they brought out all the goods, all the genius elements that uh, these wonderful folks were helping them do when I wasn't present, uh, you know, built a watch out of cardboard that had digital technology Mm -hmm. and all sorts of other uh, unique, incredible things, genius things. Um, But as a few of the parents learned that I was a mental health professional they approached me kind of mm-hmm. like there was one that kind of approached me like oh, oh come here let me talk to you on the side where my my child oh, yeah, can yeah. hear we need some help they're going through it etc mm. etc et another parent we learned that one of the students who were was yes. the most just joyful just yes. uh, had the most unique laugh um and it was some might find it obnoxious but when you connected it with the student and, the, and you could experience the joy you just you just relished in it, you know. What yeah. it was—it was just tremendous. But then to find out on the back end when her mom was present at the celebration and she was like, her she just lost her sister to COVID, who was 28 years old. Uh, you would have never known. And Ever she was, have known that. And she's, you know, I I would love for her to see somebody and and then follow through and call me, you know, a few weeks later and you know what I mean. And then to have her child in the Genius Lab to lose your daughter and to be so. You know, she was present, you know, and she didn't seem like she was struggling, but she's still finding 
ways to engage her child in positive social uh, mm -hmm. activities like the Genius Lab. Mm -hmm. And so those are the narratives that are not told when we talk about the missing syndrome. Like those are the pieces that aren't told when you look at marginalized groups, and particularly this is a black woman, like you don't hear all the courageous things that they're going through in despite of the horrific tragedies that mm -hmm. ensue in their life and how you they can, still show up they still show up mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. um and you know she's she's going through it well and the grace that that appears in the in between the the, the steps you know and so like so yeah i'm showing up i got this summer camp thing it's about technology or whatever and mm -hmm. and but but you know and siobhan you said it so well there's so much that happens you're shaping young people period mm -hmm. this is just a means to an end mm -hmm. you know it just happens to be the the, the 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 channel to do it you know so so Reynolds Anthony I mean how does this scale so you're the jobs you're the you're the you're the you're the maestro here okay you've got you've got your your a team here but I mean this is doing such good things for young people for their families for I mean so how do how does how does this scale well it scales primarily through engaging more kids Mm -hmm. parents and other educators who want to go on the genius journey mm -hmm. and because I really want to stress and they've talked um, beautifully that um, they were engaged in learning as well. Absolutely. This is a special Absolutely. this is a very thoughtful process and you've got to be open to guiding students as opposed to telling students. That's right. <clears throat> and that's uh, really critical. Mm -hmm. And then you layer on this whole wellness uh, piece that Jamil did such a great job with, yes. which is so critical mm -hmm. um, because I believe that learning can be a form of healing. Uh, mm. and, um, and so it's, it's going to grow because it's, it's STEAM, you know, science, technology, engineering, arts, and, and uh, mathematics. <laughs> and I think that, um, uh, there are some corporate partners who are interested in what we're doing, uh, but most importantly, they're private people who are interested in what we're doing, mm -hmm. private donors. Yeah. And so this is one way to get our story out, yeah. which is to have these conversations. But what's really cool about the studio process, uh, that's what they call it now. They used to call it lab laboratory learning when I studied it, but it's studio learning, which is really, it's great that they've um, sort of added a, uh, you know, a different way the language around it um, but the studio learning component is that students get to show their work <laughs> and one of the strengths of being effective in organizations is how to show your work sure. and um, that's open the exhibition is open generally to the public but now you know given COVID it's only open you know we're opening to parents and it was really interesting to have the students show the parents the various projects they worked on, which were tactile, mm -hmm. which were things on the board or, or, or some technology they did. So the way that it scales is by um, people supporting the, 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 this approach, mm -hmm. which even, and I'm really clear, this is not part of the education system. This is something they're doing as part of out of school time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I do believe theoretically that the out of school time does have impact on the in-school Absolutely. Time. And I know mm -hmm. that both we have folks working in the classroom right now mm -hmm. that can speak to that. But I firmly believe that if we focus on genius, 
that will have some influence on how they show up during mm-hmm. the regular school year. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe if I can keep you on the hot seat there, Anthony, but then I want to ask everybody to kind of weigh in on this. The relationship between the Genius Labs and GMCC. Yes. Okay, so GMCC been around for over 100 years, da da da, da and, and, and yet this is, I think, uh, what's so neat about this program is it's, I think, something that, that folks that maybe have been familiar with GMCC wouldn't necessarily think this is like a GMCC thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's fairly, it's very innovative. It's very youth-driven, and, and not to say that they weren't, but talk about a little bit, and then I want to ask each of you how the uh, alignment with GMCC has maybe either accelerated it or, or what it will do for it in the future. But, but, but Reynolds Anthony, if you can maybe just talk a little bit, help our listeners kind of understand how does this fit in to, to what GMCC is even kind so, of trying to do. So GMCC stands for uh, Greater Minneapolis Council of Churches, which is the history. As um, it evolved as an organization, um, moving to sort of using those letters was a bit greater expression because we moved from predominantly a you know faith-based to Christian orientation to um, Christian plus, uh, or I would say um, focus on intergenerational, intercultural, and hmm. interfaith. And um, the intention was to be a part of the community, the whole community, and contribute to the whole community around um, three kind of major foci, youth, wellness, and food. And uh, we'll talk in other podcasts about the other two, but uh, when it comes to, when it comes to youth, um, this, we wanted to do something that was gonna get at some of the issues. Mm. And going way, way back 115 years ago, uh, GMCC, um, before it was formed into those letters or that name, um, addressed some of the issues with kids in the community of Minneapolis. Uh, back before the you know uh, the, the the flu ap- epidemic, so they've already always been uh, concerned about collaborating, mm-hmm. doing masterful collaborations with others to address specific issues. All we've done is just sort of move the dial mm-hmm. and applied some new theories to that traditional work, which is out in community making a difference with others. Yeah. So kind of jump off for the for the rest of you then. What about what's the role of GMCC been, you know, uh, to date and, and how do you see that helping to advance kind of the mission of, of the of the Genius Labs moving forward? Well, I'll just say all throughout the summer, GMC they were completely supportive. Yeah. Like just mm-hmm. you all have something going awesome. We're gonna do everything that we can to make sure it happens. Um, we're gonna use our leverage, our whatever we have to ensure that you are successful and even the conversation that i had with um the ed um or the the executive director yesterday and she was like honestly we've seen this powerful program or initiative and i just want to go and do what it takes to make sure it keeps happening Mm -hmm. and so i think a big thing the same that um with you when you collaborate with people there has to be an element of trust Um, an element in belief. And so for Reynolds to have this vision, this idea, this creation and say, hey, I'm gonna collaborate with you all and trust you enough to allow you to do what you need to do. And then for us to be in collaboration with GMCC and, and say that we trust you 
and we're just going to do our part to make sure you can do your work. And so that's a lot um, to use your space and capacity to let someone else be what they need to be and not be a barrier. Yeah. So that's that's how I see it. It's, It's super awesome. And I'll, I'll just say that they also provided us with a really beautiful space to Absolutely. work with. Absolutely. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, they put in a lot of work to to re, to kind of transform the, the third floor there yes. or whatever. I, don't, I can't I can never remember what what floor exactly. <laughs> <That's it is>. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, just it, it was it was transformed into this just wonderful studio space for us. Um, you know, had the feel of a cafe where kids could come in and um, and and be comfortable and um, you know maybe too comfortable at times. Stop <laughs> but, it! Stop <laughs> but, it! But. They, uh, but then we had these breakout rooms where kids could go yes. and work on things yes. and, and focus and, um, and then come back and share their work uh, in the main space. And, um, you know, the, just, a, just a big shout out to, to GMCC for Absolutely. putting that space together and, and, um, and making it a beautiful space for the kids to come to, for us to work in. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I'm excited to see how it continues to develop. Yeah. And, and just have to give a kudos to Jeremy. He's really intuitive. He pays attention to everything, doesn't miss a beat. And aesthetics are super huge. And just the collaboration with just the placement of things and being attentive to that. Um, and then, as I, I can't say it enough, that the staff are just like, hey, what do you guys need? Tell mm-hmm. us what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's been good. awesome. That's neat. Yeah, just to add, Adrian, Jerrica, Megan, and Ashua. Ashwa. Ashwa. Well, yes, uh, just brilliant. I mean, in terms of the internal operations, just being extremely honored. I worked and contracted with various different organizations throughout the city, and there's some that got it together, and, and others that don't. And just running my own business, I understand how the internal operations can be um, can be challenging. And so they were they were really on it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I really respect them for that yeah. and appreciate that. Well, in a, in a great, I mean, you, you evoked uh, the name that we kind of started our conversation with, and I just think. And for everybody listening in here, you know the genius of the idea, the genius of the of the people at this table who are who are who are bringing the gifts of their of their mind of their of their of their souls of their um, of their communities. I, this is truly uh, not only a masterful collaboration, but it is quite genius in what you're doing. And mm-hmm. so I thank you all, uh, uh, Dr. Jeremy Wong, Siobhan Johnson. Uh, Jamil uh, 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 sure lot. I've got, go. I've got the phonetic <laughs> listeners. I've got the phonetic <laughs> spelling of his last name because he told me just remember damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jamil Stampshire lot, <laughs> and of course our dear friend Reynolds Anthony Harris. Thank you so much for all of you being on thank this you. show thank you. and for all the great work you're doing. Thank you very much.